Hello there. Welcome to the Oblivious Maximus podcast for another week. I am your host, Aaron Osborne. Thank you for tuning in. Apologies for the little break. Um, Just really quickly before I get into the preamble about this episode, a little update with the live podcast in Melbourne. Unfortunately, our dear friend Pat Fox has to pull out of having a chat, which is very unfortunate. However, he got off an awesome opportunity to travel and do some work. So we wish him the best of luck in there and we'll likely be doing a podcast with him before then anyway to make up for that. In his place, our old friend Callum Preston will be filling the graphic design quota and chatting it up. So that'll be awesome. Thank you for Callum for, you know, coming in and fixing up for me there. Um, On top of that as well, unfortunately, number two, Hoodlum Shouts have had to pull out of the live podcast as well. Um, Hoodlum Shouts just had an awesome album come out, but they've had to reschedule some dates and figure some things out. So unfortunately, they won't be able to play. However, Crush, formerly Summerhill, will be playing instead. Solo's band, awesome. They got a new name. They got some new songs coming out soon. It's going to be fucking sick. So they'll be playing instead. Everything else is still the same. Young Henry's is still doing mad beer. Um, I'll be chatting it up with all the other people. It'll be really fun. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, That's on the 16th of July at the Reverence Hotel in Melbourne. We also have some pre-sale tickets available for that. So if you want to head to the big cartel, you can suss those out. I also have some new shirts with the new brutal logo on it that my lovely friend Patrick Galvin did. So if you want to pick one of those up, they're only $15. Also, another reminder that we're also doing the uh, live podcast at Crowbar Black in Brisbane on the 9th of July. Um, Head to Facebook. You can find all the details for that as well. Um, So that's that little bit of information. Weird. But it'll still be awesome. Some changes. Who cares? It's people talking in front of people. It's still going to be fun. There's still going to be beer. still going to be on a weekend. Awesome. Um, So let's get into this episode. This week... My guest is Dave Haley from Psychroptic, um, death metal legends in Australia. Um, I first heard Psychroptic when I was in year 10, I guess, and have loved them pretty much ever since. I've been fortunate enough to play lots and lots of shows of Psychroptic, including in old crap death metal bands I was in as far as to more recently playing with them with I Exist. Um, Dave's an awesome guy. I've got to know him through playing shows with Psychroptic, obviously, and he was in Blood Duster for a little while, and if you know me, you know I fucking love Blood Duster, so that was really awesome. Um, But yeah, Dave came around for a chat, talk about, you know, growing up in Tassie, playing death metal, playing drums, running a touring company now. It's all very exciting. Um, So it was great to have him over and have a chat. He's an inspirational figure in the world of Australian death metal. He's a very creative person, very innovative person, um, and it was awesome to have him around for a chat. So please enjoy episode 47 of the Oblivious Maximus podcast with Dave Haley from Psychroptic. This one is fucking brutal! Dave, thank you for coming and doing my podcast. Thank you very much for having me. 
Um, all right, so I start them all off by asking people, what was the first push or interest that got you into music? Yeah, good question. Um, <laughs> I kind of fell into playing drums by default because mm-hmm. uh, I came from a very small country town where, I mean, obviously the, the school is very small because yeah. it's a like a it was a community school for the whole district. Okay, Tasman District High mm-hmm. had about two hundred and fifty kids from kindergarten to grade ten. Wow, so it's so pretty tiny. School. Yeah, pretty school, <laughs> pretty pretty small. Yeah. Um, and as part of, you know, the general curriculum, music was compulsory as it should be. Yeah. You know? uh, and when it came to grade seven, that was when we, I guess, uh, we graduated into the bigger music room. So we were, okay. allowed, we were allowed to go to the, the music <laughs> the one room. with drums in it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, the cool one. Yeah. Um, so... Basically, what happened? Uh, our music teacher, Miss Howden, in grade seven, in the first, I think it was in the first week, she mm. lined everyone up and she played a straight eight on the kit. Yeah. And then handed the sticks to everyone. Yeah. And whoever could play it was the class drummer. Right. And when it came to me, I somehow managed to keep a beat together, and it's like, okay, you're the drummer. Yeah. <laughs> so that was it. That was it. Yeah. You know, right. There wasn't any real thought uh, you know thought into it or you didn't have like a burning desire to no, do it or anything no, I always wanted to be a guitarist okay <laughs> but that didn't happen <laughs> still hasn't happened uh, yeah yeah so for I guess for one less than a week for the whole of grade seven mm. I played drums and that's as far as it went you know I mm-hmm. played one beat yeah didn't even really touch the toms or the cymbals or anything at all. It was just a straight eight rock beat. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who don't know what a straight eight is, that's yeah. every ACDC song. <laughs> <laughs> that's just a straight the, the eight. The most basic thing you can imagine someone doing on drums. Yeah, yeah. So that's all I did for the first year. Uh, and then after that, I thought, well, you know, maybe it'd be cool to get a band together. So maybe I should learn how to, yeah. how to play these things. Uh, so yeah, later on, you know, a couple of years after starting, um, I started to get lessons. Yeah. yeah. And so at, around that time that you were doing that and, and stuff, what, what sort of music were you listening to? It was always the hard rock metal yeah. sort of stuff. Um, again, coming from a small country town, mm. um, when I found Metallica, yeah, I just assumed that everyone listened to Metallica because <laughs> they were fucking awesome. Yeah, sure. Um, and later on I found out that not everyone was into it. No, of the 250 <laughs> people at no. your school, there wasn't many other Metallica No, fans. no, no. I was the only one. <laughs> Rocking my uh, And Justice for Old t-shirt at the school. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I guess I was always attracted to the more high energy, heavier, yeah, sure. heavier music. Um, and I guess it graduated to where I... I am now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. As, as happens, yeah. you know, but is, is that like, did that then help fuel your interest in, you know, uh, developing further as a drummer then? Well, yeah. eventually, yes. Okay. You know, you know, at the start, it's pretty daunting. You listen to, well, I listen to it now. It's, it 
does sound kind of basic, but um, in year seven, it's a yeah, lot. ride the lightning in year seven is pretty complex. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, kill them all was lightning fast, mm. and that's the stuff I was into. But so I never really envisaged playing that sort of style because I didn't think I'd be able to. Sure. Um, but as I prog- progressed a little bit and showed some of the drum teachers, you know, hey, can you show me how to play this? Mm. Um, it kind of demystified things a little bit and yeah. um, was like, well, maybe I can, you know, at least learn how to play some songs in this style and mm-hmm. attempt it. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it was it was quite a few years into my drumming that I decided, well, I'm going to, let's, let's try this metal thing. Yeah, right. And did you find, for the listeners out there, that is Baxter, a recent guest of the podcast... <laughs> Thanks, Kat. Um, yeah, did uh, did sort of was it hard getting you know people in lessons to teach you metal? Because I mean, I know when I started playing drums, that was the first thing I started playing when I was like, I'm gonna properly play music, yeah. and it wasn't hard. But I when I would take metal CDs and songs to my drum teachers, they, I mean, they weren't super enthusiastic about it. <laughs> Yeah, there was a, a lack of enthusiasm. Yeah, I, say that. Sure. <laughs> um, I guess what helped was uh, the teachers at the time, uh, who were all you know awesome and very mm. supportive and encouraging and all that sort of shit. Yeah, um, they'd more explain what was happening rather than play it. Okay, so I think they weren't interested in the style, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know, maybe they couldn't play some of the elements, but they would describe what was going on, and that was enough. Because okay. I was like, oh, okay, right. And then I'd go home and try it out and trial and error. And, yeah. And learned it like that. And, you know, and applying other techniques mm-hmm. from, um, you know, just learning how to play, you know, a, a basic fill quite quick around the kit. And then you can, it's like, well, if I can do that, then I can, maybe I can apply that to playing a beat. Yeah, right. And just... Um, Trial and error, yeah. Mm. And then watching a lot of live videos. Not DVDs. <laughs> videos. videos there was yeah. no fucking YouTube. <laughs> so everything took a lot longer. And you had to wait for things to fast forward. Yeah. You had to watch the whole thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so at, at, at like what stage did you... Like was like turning those lessons into a band something that needed to happen? Uh, I'd say around... Grade eight, grade nine. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I want to be in a band. Be in a band. Yeah. Um, and my younger brother, Joe, was learning how to play guitar. So mm-hmm. I went out and bought him a Metallica tab book and gave it to him and said, you got to learn this because <laughs> we're starting a band. <laughs> yeah. Which he reluctantly did. Yeah. Uh, and then we, you know, we were jamming on Metallica covers. Yeah, right. Um, it was probably, you know, grade, grade nine, grade 10 sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and did he take to metal as well as you did, or was that something um, he found through you? I, th- I forced it onto him. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> and here and, you are, a long time yeah. down the track. <laughs> uh, and yeah, he he did take to it, um, but he also had probably a little bit more of a broad mind than me at the time. Sure. I was I was just like, it's got to be fucking metal. It's metal. It's metal. Metal. <laughs> yeah. Now a little bit, my horizons have broadened mm-hmm. somewhat, but um. Yeah, like, he learnt the songs and we 
We jammed him. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's it. I mean, that's something I've always been like very envious of is people that have, uh, you know, like musical family members. I mean, my family, like all of them played instruments throughout, you know, our lives and things as well. However, it was never, you know, you know, my sister or my mum or whoever would never like able to jam with me <laughs> because they didn't like, I hate God. <laughs> so, you know, but like, yeah. But I was always like, that always seemed like such a awesome thing to have because this person lives with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, so, and there's also this communication barrier. You don't really have to censor yourself. Yeah. So, you know, with a mate, if they're making a mistake, oh, don't worry about it. But, you know, if it's your brother, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just do it again and we'll get it right. So, I gave you so many days to get through this tab book. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> yeah. So I, I guess that made it a lot. Um, uh, we both, musically, we grew a lot faster together because I guess we yeah. were pushing, well, pushing it. Yeah, 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 yeah. We were both getting lessons from teachers and, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, each week it, it's like gold dust. You're trying to apply just what you learnt. You've learnt this new feel or this new guitar lick and it's like, yeah wow, this is magic this is what i gotta do yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah um and so like i guess from there was that where you know did that was you know where you ended up with psychoptic were its foundations in just working that sort of stuff out with your brother yeah yeah um we were jamming since i guess i was 14 yeah right he, he's three years younger than me so yeah he would have been 11 mm. um and we started Psychroptic. We had a band prior to that, which was like a, a death black metal band. Sure. Called Disseminate. We did for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, we started Psychroptic when I was about 19. Yeah. Yeah. And what was it like being in like death and black metal bands in Tasmania back then? Uh, well, we didn't know any different. Yeah, right. Um, you know, YouTube wasn't a thing. Mm. We couldn't see what what was going on elsewhere. Yeah. So for us... Massive bands were bands like Blood Dust, The Damaged, Bremelin, yeah, Beam yeah. Flipper, you know, because they had CDs out and we mm. could buy the CDs. Um, so we had we had no idea of the scale of things, you know. We mm. thought Damaged are playing to, you know, 2,000 people a night, every night. They're yeah. making a living out of it, you know. <laughs> we didn't know. Yeah. We didn't know. Um, so it was, it was an exciting and very naive time, mm. but it was exciting nonetheless. Um, I guess we were inspired predominantly by the Australian stuff. Yeah, sure. Because it was a little bit easier for us to get. We had a local record store and mm-hmm. we'd just go down each week and... Yeah, grab something. Yeah, from our uh, paper round pocket money. Mm. And was and did, like, were Australian bands touring there much? No, not, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Um, I remember people would talk... Damage came down in, like, I think to... 1996 mm-hmm. I think they came down in 93 and then 96 yeah and they were like legendary gigs that people still talked about yeah yeah right years later years mm. later um I remember Blood Duster came down in I think 97 yeah right still underage so I snuck in <laughs> uh, and that was like the highlight of the year you know, you know that was the only band that yeah came down that was uh, I guess of the the more extreme, yeah, extreme sure. Things. Yeah, yeah. And so, was that 
did that did little peaks of things like that did that sort of help drive the passion a little bit more then yeah yeah definitely because we're mm. like oh wow you know these, these bands are touring we thought they were making a living out of it of course as you do uh, as, yeah, <laughs> it's like, wow, they're, yeah living off it they're touring you know mm. um, this, is, this is what we want to do yeah um yeah and of course you know yeah we didn't know the scale of anything because you've got no you got no reference no exactly um, you've got third fourth fifth hand bootleg videos that you can't really see what's going on <laughs> yeah. um and that's that was our only reference yeah uh, but yeah it was an awesome and exciting time it was, yeah, yeah for sure yeah. and so when you started playing shows in those bands what were the types of shows you were playing um, did you have um like anything to compare it to so we were playing pretty much the only venues that would have original music mm. um, in Hobart. And at, at the time, the first venue I remember we were playing was a venue called the Dog House. Yeah. It changed its name to the Goldburn Arms. I don't want to get anyone into trouble here, but <laughs> <laughs> they were very well known. Well, it was it was a known thing that you could, didn't matter how old you, you were, you could get in there. Sure. So, we were going there from when we were 15, just watching bands mm. and stuff. Um, so we, we were lucky to see live bands yeah. from a young age. You know, yeah. Seeing a band playing through a PA is like nothing else, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's killer. And, it's, and I think, I mean, a big thing for me was when you, I mean, not only like heroes, but when, even when you just see like local people that you can connect with, that are doing something like that, yeah. it makes it so much realer and so much like, oh, this isn't insane. Like I can, this I can is, do this that. Is possible. Yeah, yeah. 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 It, yeah. it demystifies. It. it makes it a little bit more achievable. Mm. Yeah. Um, and there definitely was people who I looked up to in the year above me. Yep. Who were um, they were out there doing gigs? It's like fuck. I just want to go and. I just yeah. want to play gigs. I just want to play gigs. I don't know how to make it happen, but that's... That's I what I want. I know I want to do that. Mm. And, and these dudes were... They're out there, you know. Um, and the cooler, cooler ones... <coughs> they'd toured... had been to Melbourne and played gigs. Yeah. <laughs> so that was that was like the... Fucking hell. They're mm. local legends. Yeah, local sure. Legends. And so was that was that like a goal for you then? Like- that that was the only goal. Was the the two goals for Psychoptic mm. when we started? Okay, we've got to put out a demo tape and we've got to go and play gig in Melbourne. Yeah, right. That was it. Huge <laughs> achievements <laughs> that they do, man. It's like, yeah, that's all we want to do. <laughs> um, and when when we did that quite early on, it was like, oh, okay, well that was pretty easy. So <laughs> let's. <laughs> now we got something else we need to do. Yeah, let's let's set our sights a little bit higher and mm-hmm. see what we can do. And so was it, did Psychoptic come out of, you know, the, uh, the disillusion of the previous band or was that something that was a separate idea that you guys had had? Uh, well, both bands at, were running at the same time for a little while. Okay. Um, I guess there was a little bit of, uh, tension's the wrong word, just mm. members wanted different things. Sure. Um, so it was like, well, let's let's wrap this up because we're mates and we want to stay mates and we don't want to yeah. hate each other. And here's new stuff. You know, we played some of the new Psychroptic to the guys and said, this is something else that me and Joe are doing. Mm. They weren't that into it. Yeah. Um, so I, I think everyone was happy to wrap it up. 
Yeah, right. Wrap it up in a cool, nice way. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, we just found members that were into what we wanted to do. Yeah. yeah. And was that, I mean, I suppose that's probably another thing that's, you know, would probably come in part with being in a band with someone you're so close with, your brother, is that it must be quite difficult from t- time to time having other people come into that and sharing something that the pair of you are clearly quite passionate about with other people. Um, I've never really thought about it like that. Yes yes and no. Like, yeah. it's always good to get other people's opinion, you know, because c- you can get so caught up in sure, something. Sure, sure. And then someone will come in and say, oh, that's, that's such and such riff. Yeah, right. Like, oh, what? <laughs> <You know? laughs> Why didn't we think of that? Yeah, yeah it... it Sometimes it's good to have someone with a little bit of distance, okay, um, a little bit more of an overview, not so myopic. Because mm-hmm. um, you know, you're working on a cool riff or a, a song that you think is cool. Mm-hmm. It might not be that cool, but you you put so, <laughs> you've invested so much time and effort and energy into it that yeah. you just want to keep pushing it. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. you need that that outside person to go, oh, "That fucking sucks." Yeah, yeah, change that or, or do that. You know? <laughs> Um, so yeah, it does have its advantages. So did you find those people quickly then, or was that something that took a while for you to roll together with? Something? No, no, it was, it was quite quick. So Cam uh, was at school with Joe, mm-hmm. um, and the reason we asked Cam was one day he showed Joe a Morbid Angel riff on guitar, and it's like, why don't you ask Cam? Like he he's he knows stuff. Yeah. He, ask Cam. <laughs> he knows <laughs> so, Morbid Angel. So he was he was the first choice, mm-hmm. and then. Um, we knew of Chalky because he had recently moved down from Bernie. Yeah. And we knew he was a singer and he liked death metal. So yeah. we asked him. Yeah. And that was it. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty And simple. then you were together. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, okay, well, now we, we've got six songs. We've got to go and do a gig. Yeah. So I think one of our first gigs was with Dreadnought mm-hmm. when uh, they came down and we were like, can we play? Can we play? Yeah. Uh, and that was, yeah, that's that's pretty much how it started. Yeah. And so if, from those, you know, initial things and getting that, you know, over that first hump to come play Melbourne and stuff like that, what, what became the next goals and ideas for the band from there? Um, it's always been about keep creating new music mm-hmm. and keep progressing and, you know, we've written that song, recorded that song, and you listen to it, ah, oh, fuck, okay, we could, we could have done it better. So there's this, I guess, an honest drive to keep, to try and write that ultimate song. It's like, well, once we get there, we're like, oh, let's stop the band. It's fucking done. <laughs> so I don't think we'll ever get there. Um, it's and something just, to work towards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a little thing we're working on. Uh, and the touring thing, well, it definitely comes very addictive. So yeah, you do a couple of small runs, you know, you tour around two cities yeah <laughs> you're yeah. like well that was cool maybe we could do four four in a row you <laughs> yeah, know? yeah and then you try and um yeah just do as much as you can yeah um, and so did, was that getting to that hump though from being in tasmania was that like something hard to get towards or was it something that you found started rolling over quite naturally well the international thing um for us was pretty much on par with the rest of Australia because we're separated by water. Of know? course, yeah. 
before we do a gig, we've got to get on a plane. So yeah, yeah. it didn't matter whether it was for one hour or 24 hours, you know, we still had to get on the plane. Mm-hmm. So I guess we kind of were like, well, you know, if we can do Australia, we can, for sure we can do Europe. Yeah. Um, and I think it was on the, the second album, um, we, we were offered a, a, a tour of Europe supporting Dismember. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd heard about these government grants. That yep. I was like, oh, what's the worst that could happen? They, they can say no. So yeah, did up an application for it, put it in. Um, yeah, and came back and said, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll contribute towards your, your airfares to do this European tour. And it's like, well, okay, cool. This is happening. Now we'll go. <laughs> it's happening. Yeah. And I guess that comes, that's where there was a, I guess a change of, change of the guard in the band. Sure. Um, previous vocalist, Chalky, wasn't into, you know, that sort of touring. Yeah. Uh, so we, we moved on with uh, Pepo, who's been singing for us for the last 11 years or so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it was, you know, it was just as simple as that, you know, we're getting offered a tour and we didn't have any money. We all still lived at home. Yeah. And it's just, rather than discounting it and saying, well, well we can't do it. It's like, well, you got to try. Let's try, you know. Yeah. yeah. I've got some money saved up. I, I, can, I can pay for my airfare and a bit of yours and mm. uh, we'll get this grant and we'll pull it all together and we'll see, yeah. see what we can do. So doing that, it, it made us realize that, well, we can actually do the absurd ideas that come up mm. you know someone you, you get offered a tour that's you really want to do it but there's no money it's like well we can figure out we can we can find a way yeah. to do it yeah well i guess that's and so like going over there and doing that for the first time did that help sort of you know level up that passion even further then having that experience yeah 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 um because you can't you actually see the bands that are making a living out of it it's like okay they're doing this this is fucking cool Mm. and they're making a living they don't have to go back to work at the end yeah like that's i want that i want to do that (laughs) that's cool where do i sign up for that yeah so uh, yeah i guess we all we all it was kind of, I guess, an unspoken thing. You know, we all, mm. we all love touring, so yeah, we just do as much as much as we can. Mm. Um, so, and we just said yes to everything that came along, pretty yeah. much. And did do you, was that initial European tour something that opened a floodgate for you there, or was it something that you still felt you know needed a lot of work towards? Um, I think every tour takes as much work as the the previous one. Sure, um, the offers do start coming in, but you know, there's equal amount of logistic work and of course, yeah. and everything like that I, I guess the first tour uh, made us realise that we could do it you know mm. it it wasn't this mystical thing that would never yeah it wasn't unattainable yeah, yeah yeah so once you've done one it's like well, okay let's just copy that process and <laughs> <laughs> try and do another one yeah sure so it's still a learning curve every tour we do is a, mm. a learning curve it's like oh fuck should have done that but should have done that better. Should have done that. Yeah. Should have done that. So. And did did touring overseas and stuff like that? Ref, uh, how did that reflect then back here? 
did that like boost your profile at all do you feel or like- yeah it definitely did um mm-hmm. we we go through cycles i guess we've been around for so long like i still feel like we're the new yeah. kids on the block <laughs> the band not <laughs> not the phrase <laughs> no um it, it still feels new it still feels fresh mm. but we've been around for fucking ever yeah uh and it does come in cycles you know um we'll do one tour and there's heaps of people it's like, oh fuck it's you know in the next tour will there won't be as many people it's like, yeah oh, people hate us again <laughs> and then and then it comes back so um it's it's never really been um a fast rise and then fall for us it's just sure. been, it's just been a gradual incremental mm. slope of yeah. up or down <laughs> <laughs> and so i mean obviously some of you have relocated to Melbourne. Yeah. Um, and was that something that was important for you as a band or was that just something that was important for you as people? Uh, just people. Yeah. I'm the only one that's over here. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. The others uh, will never leave. That's <laughs> me. <laughs> They'll never leave. Yeah. Um, I go back quite often. Mm. Uh, there's people in Tasmania that don't know I live here. So I'll go to the pub and <laughs> you know, we'll have a conversation and yeah. it, it comes out that I live in Melbourne and like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and same, same over here, you know? Uh, yeah. There's people here that, they're like, oh, how long are you over for? It's like, dude, I've been over for like eight years. So. Yeah. <laughs> so um, has, has that then been something that's been difficult at all or a barrier at no. all with things? No. no it's yeah. Just, just the location. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. I'm in the same position, <laughs> so I've, I know it fine. But yeah. I mean, it's obviously different for everyone. I think it, it really depends on the way you work. Yeah, yeah. So I guess something as well, uh, you know, another a big part of your band, I assume, is that the process that's gone in with the recording for your records being that Joe does a lot of the recording of those things. Yeah, yeah. So how how did that help shape the band? Well, we're, we've always been DIY. Yeah. And we still are, like... Everything that we can do ourselves, we'll try to keep it in-house. Sure. Um, sometimes it's a really fucking dumb idea. <laughs> Other times it's, it's, it it's beneficial. Off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it came down to um, one of the albums, one of the early albums. We we're like, well, you know, we've got this money that we got from gigs and a little bit from the record label. Mm-hmm. We can either go into a studio and give it to the studio yeah or joe we can buy you a bunch of gear and because you're the smart tech guy (laughs) you can learn how to use it Mm. and then you can record us yeah and then you can do it again yeah so that's how that happened yeah um so the first couple of recordings were the first things he ever did yeah wow i think the first the 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 first ruins album Mm -hmm. um spun forth dark nets that was the first thing he ever recorded yeah wow um so it was like, oh, seems like you know what you're doing. Yeah, you can do this now. <laughs> you're that guy. Yeah. Uh, which is cool because he's turned that into his job. Yeah. Um, now that's what he does. He um, He's an engineer uh, and tours. Yeah, you know, yeah. That's, that's how he makes his money. Mm. And a similar thing with um, uh, Pepo as well, you know. Um, He's got a merch- merchandise company. Yeah, so sure. He prints, prints our merch and everyone else's merch. And <laughs> that's his job. Then he's got money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's been good that from, I guess, the DIY 
ethos we've always kind of had mm. it's allowed us to actually make some work out of it yeah well i guess that's something as well that i mean probably was more a necessity than anything as well being in tasmania was that there probably wasn't a lot of opportunities yeah. to do it otherwise exactly exactly <laughs> yeah. if no one's going to do it for you yeah so we're like well fuck we got to do this <laughs> ourselves we yeah. have to figure that another thing we've got to fucking figure out so yeah and so it's like, is that ethic then something you think has, you know, given you a little bit of a, you know, a, a hand or a help up uh, over, you know, people who maybe don't have that sort of desire or push to work, you know, hard for themselves? Because um. I, mean, I think I notice where I notice a lot of things not riding out for say, as long as Psychoptic has been a band is people depending very heavily on just management or yeah. labels or things like that. And then when the ass comes out of it, instead yeah. of being there to save themselves, they have never done it. So it's like, oh, so it's, it's over. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was, yeah, it was just necessity. We had to figure out ourselves or, mm. you know, I'm just going to do it. And then once you start doing it, it's like, it's not that hard. Mm. Um, we're not necessarily, you know, I'm t- speaking from, myself you know i'm not necessarily doing it the best that anyone yeah. can but i'm doing it nonetheless yeah know? sure um, and that's that's all it takes um yeah you could be sitting in your bedroom you know trying to learn how to manage a band for 10 years before you actually send the email yeah sure everyone's quit the band by then you know yeah. you just gotta you, you just gotta start you know yeah it doesn't matter if you suck at it it's like mm. let's make a start people are going to tell you pretty quick when you suck yeah <laughs> and that's the indicator indicator to get better at it so of course yeah um yeah it's just just starting having a go and was that a role that you took on quite quickly with the band or is that something that sort of developed for you uh, i guess i had the email account first so, sure. <laughs> so you were the manager <laughs> i knew the email password so yeah. i was like okay i'm that guy now yeah. uh yeah no i guess yeah we just each got our own little roles and that's that's what we do yeah yeah and is that is that how having those ideas and having um had that sort of logistical and even financial knowledge from the grants and things like that is that how you developed you know booking tours and stuff yourself yeah pretty much pretty much um i guess early on it comes back to no one's asking us to play any shows (laughs) (laughs) So we have to make the shows to play. So you didn't ask us, but we're here anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'd put on all our own shows. Yeah. And after you do that, it's like, well, it's just changing the name. Yeah. So I, know, I know how to do the show. I'm just not playing show. drums. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'd always been organizing shows or having a hand in organizing shows from, you know, 17, 16, 17. Yeah. And it's something I've always enjoyed because... I like the I like the whole package, you know, yeah. from booking the venue to booking all the equipment, doing the logistics, getting the artwork done. Like it's all a, a really fascinating and yeah, a, I, enjoyable I, process. I, I'm the same way, and I think a lot of people would find it weird, but there's yeah. something very satisfying in like completing a task yeah. and seeing it the whole way through even though huge portions of it are very menial yeah. <laughs> and huge portions can be super stressful yeah, as well. sure um but yeah it's 
I just always had an interest in, in doing it. And after, you know, doing... The more you do something, the better you get at it. You know? Yeah, you're gonna, sure. You're going to learn. So just the sheer fact that we were organizing a lot of our own stuff mm. uh, was a logical step to then look to organize other bands. So yeah, sure. I think it was as early as 2004, um, I brought over a band called Deeds of Flesh. Yeah. Classic killer old school death metal great band yeah, love, love them, them. love them <laughs> uh, and we brought them out just so we could tour with them yeah because I was like I'd love to tour with Deeds of Flesh so I'm going to bring them out and tour with them yeah and then did the same thing with Hate Eternal yeah um, when they first came out they blew me away I, was like, I love these guys so yeah I'd love to support them sometime so let's bring them out <laughs> yeah uh, and it kind of it, it just came um Grew from there. Yeah, Grew sure. Yeah. And was that like, was that a hard thing to get past getting it to that point where it was sort of removed from yourself as well? Like where, you know, it wasn't directly related to Psychoptic? Uh, I guess that came out of a few reasons. Um, I probably liked the touring more than the other guys. Sure. Everyone loves it, but yeah. Well, I guess, and you said too, when people start making money from the other things you've gotten <laughs> yes. good at, yeah. they're going to need to do that sometime yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, Pepo's got a family. Um, yeah. And we all understand that you can't do as much touring as sure. as everyone would like, as much as he'd like. And um, so we just work around it. Yeah. Uh, and part of working around it was organizing other people's tours. It's sure. like, well, I'll tour with my band and then tour with someone else's band <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so what, was, what was the first tour that you booked that you that Psychoptic weren't a part of um that would have been the Absu okay Absu tour that was um so I hadn't booked a tour in quite a while because mm-hmm. uh, I'd done it early on a, a, a couple by myself and then a couple with in um, conjunction with some other promoters yeah and the first one back after a couple of years absence was Absu in 2012. Yeah. And that was myself and Eric from Neomenta. Mm-hmm. Um, we were just sitting around one night having some beers and yeah, like, let's bring out Absu. And he's like, yeah. This will be sick. <laughs> uh, he's uh, a very accomplished sound engineer. Mm-hmm. Very switched on guy. Um, I guess my talent is... Um, I persevere even though a lot of the times I don't understand what I'm doing I'll still so we combined and we we started direct touring yeah Um, and we didn't really have any goals at the start it was just let's bring out that too yeah yeah sure (laughs) and that tour went really well yeah Uh, had heaps of fun like let's do it again yeah Uh, and I think the next tour was uh, Goat Hawk yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, brought out Goat Whore. Yeah. Uh, Goat Whore and Impiety. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of snowballed from there. Yeah. And was that a point where it sort of established you to get requests for things as well? Or was it still mainly you guys going forward and oh, pushing for that stuff? It's always pushing. Yeah. It still, it still is. <laughs> yeah. It still is. Uh, the hustle is strong. The hustle is real. Yes. And the hustle is ongoing. 
uh, which is kind of how I. Well, it's how, how we, yeah, yeah it's it sounds it like it's way the way you've always done it. So. Yeah, like it's it's how it's worked. Mm. Uh, so yeah, now I guess four years on. Yeah, of, um, in between, like I haven't done it full time because obviously we've been touring with Psychroptic in in the yeah. same amount of time. So I spend two or three months of the year on the road with Psychroptic, mm-hmm. and then. Split it up with with tours. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's it, it's working out. Yeah, it's working out well. <laughs> That's it's good. good. <laughs> and I guess another thing that's sort of interesting from where we started talking about doing drum lessons is that you are now teaching drum lessons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's it was another hustle. You know, <laughs> yeah. I never really wanted a real job. Because mm. they seem like they fucking suck. Yep. <laughs> the only they, one they do. <laughs> Yeah, I've had a I've had a lot of really really shit jobs, but they've always been part time. Yeah, sure. And I think the shit of the job is, and if it's part time, it's like it's it's fine because you still have all these other things. You yeah, do. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna be quite happy to never come back. Yeah, yeah. Um, rather than oh, I kind of like my job. I, I kind of want to keep my job. Mm. It's like I hope they fucking fire me. I don't <laughs> I don't want to come back. This job. I'm ready sucks. to leave. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready to go. And I think it was one of those moments, like I was loading a truck at like 3 a.m. and just watching these fucking insert whatever word there is. (laughs) Uh, These people um, just do these ridiculously dangerous things with really heavy stuff and I'm like, I'm fucking out of here. I'm not doing this shit again. I'm not going to die. Yeah, Yeah. And that was, I guess that was the moment that was like, okay, well, you have to hustle a little bit harder. Yeah, sure. Because you're not going to go back to doing these shitty jobs. Yeah, sure. And that's, yeah, yeah, that's... And was, have you found doing that has gotten, helped you progress? Like, I mean, I've always felt that like joining different bands and doing, playing different styles of music and stuff, that's what's helped me, you know, in my head at least get better at playing guitar and like become better at doing that stuff is, has been on being on the other side of that relationship in drum lessons helped you with that at all. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. Um, it's, still, it's something I love, love doing. Um, yeah. Cause it doesn't really feel like work cause yeah. I get to hang out and yeah. play drums, <laughs> play drums. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Talk about drums. Sometimes it is work and really tedious work. Sure. But not very often. Um, yeah. But these days, um, uh, I'm finding it very hard to actually find the time to teach. Yeah, wow. To teach. Um, so I've got a couple of students that, students slash quite good friends. and Sure. So I, I'll keep teaching them. But it's a, it's a cyclical thing. I can always come back to it. Yeah. Um, and I still go and get lessons when I can. Yeah, know? cool. Um, just because if someone can do something that I can't, I want to know how to do it. Yeah, sure. And it's also a way for me to become a better teacher as well. Yeah, of course. And is doing something, like obviously the, the music you guys play is quite technical. Is that Has practice and development always been something that's key to to helping you with that? Uh, yeah, like I just like the feeling of learning something new. Yeah. It's like go back to the first riff you ever learned and you're like, mm. fuck, that was sick. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't do it before and now you can. So yeah, of course. It's that same joy um you're just yeah doing something you can't 
yeah can't do um for example i'm at the moment learning a set for a one-off show with a band yeah. of a style that i don't ever play sure um and it's very very simple and as a result very very challenging and mm. uh rewarding because I'm, I'm trying out a lot of different stuff that i would never usually do yeah uh and it's helping me i guess progress as a more a musician you know than just sure. a, just a drummer because i'm like oh, okay i've got to take into account all these subtleties i can't just blast away you know <laughs> so yeah it's the stuff that i usually, usually wouldn't do yeah and well i guess so i mean another facet of your musical history i suppose is you know you did end up playing drums in blood dust for quite a while yeah yeah and was that like obviously you know like myself being a fan of that band that must have been pretty fucking cool oh it was awesome you know it was awesome but was that something that threw you a little bit as well because i mean that's even though it is metal and it's quite heavy yeah blood duster and psychoptic are pretty far apart in the spectrum in terms of you know playing totally totally yeah um it was yeah very different style yeah i don't think i ever mastered it (laughs) and fuller will tell me that all the time (laughs) get fucked yep and that did kick me out fucking get fucked (laughs) but no it was sick you know yeah um it was something that I was out of my comfort zone. I was yeah. still trying to get it. And they'd make it ever, you know, they'd tell me all the time that yes. I wasn't getting Those are right. the people they are. <laughs> they would tell me on stage how much I sucked, <laughs> how much my band sucked. Um, That's what they do. It's good. Yeah, yeah. It's like every time they asked us to play a show with them, I was like, oh, this is the best thing in the world. <laughs> and then they just give us all shit. Yeah. <laughs> good dudes. Perfect. Great dudes. Um yeah, but so, like, I guess from here then, what's sort of, like, the plans and goals and things that you guys have for Psychroptic now? Um, yeah, good question. Good, good question. Uh, Do those early things still, you know, come through and seep up to that level? Or is it, you know, like, is it just progression that's the key there? Well, musically, yeah, we... Uh, we do want to progress and yeah. I was even encouraging like I was having a chat to Joe with the new material mm-hmm. and I was like fuck we've, you've never really done guitar solos or anything like that or yeah. done anything really you know that your abilities will allow you to you know you, you've sure. always played within your means mm-hmm. so why not for the new stuff just completely wild yeah right um because it's something different and new Mm -hmm. i'm not sure if we'll keep any of it or record any of it or whatever Mm -hmm. but it's just just trying to keep it fresh and new yeah sure um we're always i guess of late even though we want to progress and be i hate the word progressive yeah um, (laughs) challenging uh groove is the key like that's it's got to yeah. be catchy so course, that, yeah. that's that's always that's our key focus these days it's like it's got to be catchy yeah like, sure. if you can't groove to it you can't nod your head there's no yeah. point yeah sure we're gonna get bored with it and if we're bored with it imagine what the people listening <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're Bruce. physically doing something yeah. they got nothing to do yeah yeah so yeah. i guess our, our music's been going in a more, way more catchy yeah cool groove orientated still remaining extreme and heavy yeah and is that something that like is uh writing that stuff and creating that stuff um something that's like a 
like hard to work in and around the lives that you guys are leading outside of things now or um, is... it just has to change so yeah. um i actually yeah it's good that you brought this up mm-hmm. um i've told joe to treat it like any other recording job so yeah. book the whole writing and recording process in and we'll pay you the yeah the rate you get so that's something we haven't done before it was like you know he was writing in his spare time and then mm. we'd pay him for the album but this time we're like well just now because we're all so busy yeah just book it in just book the whole thing in the band will pay you yeah um to write and record yeah so even though that sounds kind of like work and it kind of sounds like a financial motive mm. I'm very excited to see if how it works. It, yeah. It, it could work out exceptionally well because he's, he's writing eight hours a day. Yeah. Um, so is that is are you doing that all in a chunk or is this going to be split up? And, no, we're going to try and do it in a chunk. Yeah, wow. Um, which, yeah, we haven't done it. No, yeah. Um, but we've also always worked remotely. So he'll, mm-hmm. he'll write a bunch of stuff and send it to me. I'll learn it and then... I'll fly down, we'll, we'll demo it. Yeah. We'll work on all the different parts. So I, I, I dare say it'll be somewhat similar, mm-hmm. um, but it might be just a bit closer to the, the finished product. Yeah, sure. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll, um, What's well, exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's something different. I've, we've never done it like this. It's yeah. always been like, oh, this is the thing we do on the side, mm. not the thing we do every day for... Yeah, sure for an amount of time yeah and um are these things that like are you working towards a new record coming out soon or is it sort of something you're just going to develop as time goes on um well deadlines are key because if you don't have one then it falls apart nothing happens <laughs> yeah so we've set some loose deadlines for mm-hmm. ourselves. yeah i won't say them no that's because fine <laughs> <You> <laughs> because it'll to. just jinx it yes uh but they're they're reasonable. Yeah. They're reasonable. Yeah, um, cool. And then we might start the other end of uh, things by touring internationally first. Mm-hmm. Usually we do Australia and then, you know, we build up for build up. Yeah. And then, but I think we'll go straight out and might do. Yeah, cool. Say, say the US first. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just, just mix it up. Yeah, of course. Try to, and try to get to a few different markets, you know. Never... Well, and I mean, as you said as well, like it's it's exciting doing something different and uh, approaching a different way. So if you're approaching the recording in a way that you haven't tried before, yeah, why not approach the other side? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. And just trying to do some, let's go to new places. Yeah. That's 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 the other thing I love is travel. Mm, yeah, of course. Yeah. And is there, what are places that you'd like to try and go to that you haven't been to before? Uh, South America, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, never been there. Um, I went to Iceland for a holiday just recently, mm-hmm. which fucking blew my mind. Yeah, so yeah. I'd love to play a show there. Yeah. Even if no one turns up, it's like... We, we did Iceland. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe extend through Asia a little bit more and mm-hmm. just, just some places that we haven't, haven't done. Yeah. And do you find going into those places for the first time, obviously places you've been to in the past for the first time, is that like a, you know, have you found that the music is represented quite well in those places? I uh, mean, obviously there's parts of the world you've been to that have likely not gone great, <laughs> but, <laughs> as there are in Australia. Yeah. But 
Yeah, has it been a generally positive experience so far? Yeah, yeah. Like, for the most part, it's positive, you know. Yeah. Like, there's not too many gigs that I look back on and think, fuck, you know. Yeah. Uh, even if something bad happened, it was, there's a memory behind it. And yeah, for sure. It's positive in hindsight. Yeah. Um, yeah, off the top of my head, I can't think of any... No, that's okay. But, like, I mean, f- for me, like, the experience of travel sort of outweighs a lot of that anyway. Like, yeah, I yeah. mean, I can't, you know, I've only toured overseas once, but the, the tour we did in Europe, I can't think of like one show that was terrible, like so terrible that I would not go there again. Yeah. yeah. Like if it was bad, it was bad. But then the rest of the day, I was it's in awesome, a place yeah. on the other side of the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> Just checking out shit. The yeah, exactly. Before, yeah. yeah. Uh, and sometimes... In those cases, the gig becomes secondary. Yeah, of course. Uh, which which is fine too, you know. It's, yeah. It's all about experience, you know. Yeah, for sure. You've played good gigs before, so you know how they feel. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it not a memory you're missing out on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So then maybe just focus on the city. Mm. Um, but yeah, the, the, the traveling is still something that I love personally. And yeah. It's, yeah. I, I don't take it for granted at all. Um, yeah. That's I, I've seen a lot of bands that tour quite heavily just get over it yeah um and it is easy to this sounds so shit but yeah. it's easy you know you're in a, a an amazing city and you mm. get to your backstage and you get your laptop up and you get on facebook and you sit on that yeah and you don't go and explore the city so i've been very guilty of that in the past but um i guess now i make a bit more of a comp- conscious effort to yeah well, i'm in the city i want to go and check that thing out yeah or, um, well at least if you can recognize that that's the first step in being able to stop it from reoccurring yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like, um, i've heard horror stories of uh, i'm not going to say the band's name but, <laughs> uh, a very well-known death metal band one of the members had played paris about 30 times yeah and never actually seen the eiffel tower that's insane yeah yeah it's completely insane and absurd yeah um i guess the yeah the band is a job but yeah fucking hell you know yeah. <laughs> go outside man yeah. yeah 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 i mean i can't imagine that i mean that and that was the you know and again maybe it was cuz we were you know rather naive in the sense that it was the first time we've been there but you know when an opportunity came up where they're like you know someone's like we'll give you very little money to go to the other side of the world. Yes. <laughs> yes. See you there. When can I come? Yeah. Like, and, you know, and when we were there, it was like, this is great. Like, you know, I don't, I'm not at work right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I guess like I'm getting a little bit of money that I'm splitting with all of you dickheads, but like, <laughs> we're here. There's the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, so do you have anything you would like to promote or bring up what are the upcoming things you've got on the go uh i got quite a few tours mm-hmm. coming up for direct touring so yep let's jump on the facebook and give it a like and you'll see all of them yeah just get, yeah um main thing is just keeping busy and keeping proactive and yeah just working hard. i like working it's cool yeah like it's when it's fun it's not work yeah, so and it's and it seems to be going quite well for you. So yeah, 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 yeah. It's, um, it's, it's good. Things are good. Yeah, yeah, sick. All right. Well, thank you for coming and having a chat with me. Thank you very much for having me. Sick. <laughs>